0: Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for your word. We're so thankful that we get to come together like this and just learn and grow and laugh and enjoy and then get into your presence, Lord. And, Father, as, as, we're, as we're sitting here, Father, I pray that you give us uh, insight, that you give us revelation. We just don't want a cute message. We want to hear something from you. And God, you are the potter and we are the clay. And so we just ask you to shape us, mold us, move out, rearrange, break what needs to be broken, cause us, Father, to have revelation and transformation. And so, Father, I ask that you give me the wisdom, that you give me the words that I can articulate what's on your heart. I don't want to add to it and I don't want to take away from it, Father. So we just love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, everyone says... Amen. Amen. All right. So let's get started. So uh, we ended uh, last week the series uh, Downshift. And so uh, that was four weeks that, that we, we we spoke on that series. And and we were talking about this dude named Elijah. And Elijah was a, a choleric type of guy, kind of bossy. I, I don't think he really operated in the gray. He was just more of a black and white dude. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm sure he's probably not super affectionate type of guy. He's just a getter-dunner type of guy. Guy says, do this, and he's, he's doing it. And uh, he's pretty cool. And, and so I, I, I still want to talk about Elijah, but we're going to introduce a new series called Seasons. How many of you know that there's different type of seasons? Are you from Florida? Seasons is this thing that happens throughout the year. It's called spring, summer, fall, and uh, winter, right? And so I know we live in Florida, so we don't, ha- we, don't, we don't have the opportunity to see a lot of the changes, but we do get some cold days up in here. Come on now, right? And so it does happen. Um, but there's seasons that, that we, we basically have to expect them. We got to adapt to them. And then the big one, we got to grow from them. So we're going to be talking about seasons here, and I want to use the life of Elijah, and we're going to dig in into some other areas that we didn't touch on. And so basically, Elijah, he was tough, man. He did some amazing things for God. And the last where we left off last week in that was that he had gone back to King Ahab. I mean, this dude stopped the earth from receiving rain for three and a half years, okay? So he goes back to Ahab to tell him that God's going to send the rain again, and, and, and so he, he's going back, and now I'm fast-forwarding the, the, the story here. He is, uh, he, he's summoned the whole Israelites, and all the people are there. The king's there. You got the, 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 the military, if you will, is there. It's present. So he's standing there, and we're going to pick up the story here in First Kings chapter 18, verse 37. And so he's basically at the altar. He gave their prophets the chance to call on their god so they can strike fire. And then it was his turn. Remember how you mocked him? If you were here last week, you can go to a podcast, listen to it. But uh, in 1 Kings 37, it says, "O oh Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. You know, I, can, I know that if you're a parent in, the, in this place, you love when your kids come around. You love, and then when they get grown up, you want them to come home. You want them to come home for Thanksgiving or anything. You, you just want to have them there. And I can see how parents are, when, when, when they just look at their kids, when they're, when, you know, when your kids get along, it's so beautiful. When they get along, you know, and they're, they're like laughing and cutting up. And, man, as, as a dad, I'm like, I love that. I love that, you know. And so God will do sometimes unusual things or use unusual things to bring his people back together. That, that's the heart of the Father. He wants his family. It hurts him that right now there's people out, lost, confused, hurting, not, not in good relationship with God, and it's not because it's God wants it that way. No, he wants to restore that relationship. And so uh, and in verse 37, after he, he said, God, show yourself, Uh, He said, then suddenly fire flashed from heaven and burned up the young bull and the wood, the stones, the dust, and even evaporated all the water in the ditch. And so when the people saw it, they fell to their faces upon the ground shouting, Jehovah is God, Jehovah is God. Come on, right? And so what Moses did, he just pointed people to God. It wasn't his job to bring revelation. It was him It was his job to connect them to God, because God's really good at what he does, and God will reveal himself to you. Come on. How many of you guys experienced God and had revelation? How many of you guys ever sensed his presence, and you know you've been in his presence? God is good at what he does. Sometimes we try to, like, help him or something. You know, like when somebody's single, and then people are trying to help him find a mate, you know, and it's like, oh, this would be a great catch. And after a while, it's like, just leave me alone. I don't want to hear your voice. I want to hear God's voice. Amen. All right. That's extra. So our job is to help people take one step closer to Christ. That's our job. Say, my job is to help people take one step closer to Christ. That's purpose. That's, I'm telling you, when you lead someone to Christ, maybe you're like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. That's okay. Bring them to church. We'll do an altar thing here. We'll, we'll take care of that. But there's something powerful. I'm telling you, you invite somebody that's not saved and they're sitting by you and they raise their hand in service and give their life over to God. It's at that moment that you're connected to God because you, you, cause God, cause the father and the son or the daughter are restoring the relationship and you had something to do with it. And so that that is our responsibility. So so here's Elijah. He called fire from heaven. God proved himself on the altar. There he he is. Everyone's noticed, realized that God is real. And and then Elijah immediately ordered that all the false prophets should be killed. Who is Elijah? He's a prophet. The order should have came from the king or from one of the generals. But Elijah's like, hey, get all these false prophets. Don't let them escape. We got to take them out. And so a false prophet is basically, a, or a, let's just say a prophet. A prophet sees in the future, speaks out what they see in the future. These false prophets were false voices. So what Elijah did, he killed false voices. And I'm telling you, voices are real, man. You, voices are real. There's all kinds of voices. And Elijah figured out how he could kill the false voices. And so then, after all this happened, in verse forty-one, he tells Ahab, which was the king, say, "Hey, go get something to eat, you know, because the rain's coming. So you better go get something to eat so you can be ready." And and so Ahab did. He prepared a feast, and and then Elijah he went up to the to the uh, to the top of the Mount Carmel, and he just laid, you know he he kneeled down, and, and and I could just picture him just 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 praying, and 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 I'm telling you, when you've been in the presence of God. You, you're tuned in to something else, man. I'm telling you, you can, hear, you can see all this out here in the natural, but in the spirit, you, you're just like in another level. You're in, a, in another place. You, you, and that's why you can sense certain things, or all of a sudden God will give you something that just comes out of your spirit, and you say things, you're like, well, I, never, I, I knew that. That's why you can talk to somebody and, and read their mail. But it's because of the spirit of the Lord. So Elijah's tuned into the spirit here. He's, he's tuned in. And so Elijah calls his, his servant. He says, Come here for a minute. Let's let's just give him a name. Poor dude. Let's live in Jaime. Hey, there you go, that's a good name. Jaime. Ben. No, come here, Jaime. No, because Elijah was in Spanish. But anyways, he's like, Jaime, come here. I need you to go out. Oh, see. See, it is Spanish. He might have been Spanish, no, I'm just kidding. He sends him out. He goes, Hey, go see if there's any clouds. He's like, Yes, sir. So the servant runs out and he looks over the ocean and he's trying, he's trying to please his master. He's looking, oh, no, comes back and says, yeah, there's, there's nothing, I don't see anything, it's, it's not going to rain. So he's praying, no, go back out there and tell me when you see clouds, come on, just go back out there. Uh, yes, sir. So he runs out back out there, there's nothing there. He's looking, he's like, man, I sure hope he was right because Ahab's going to kill him if, he, if there's no rain. So he runs back, and he's like, sir, there, there, there's, there's no clouds. There's, there, there, there's nothing. Elijah's in the zone. No, 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 go back, get back out there and tell me what you see. He did this seven times. In that process, I could just imagine what Jaime was thinking. Bro, if they're going to kill Elijah, they're probably going to kill me too. I sure hope he's right. You don't think he probably doubted a little bit, wondered, did he miss it? Did he finally miss it? Did the big man finally make a mistake? Well, Elijah was so tuned in that that, that he knew, you know, that there will be seasons in your life that others won't get you. There's going to be seasons in your life that God begins to speak to you and show you things that you might not even get yourself. I'm telling you, but Elijah kept persistent with this dude and there's people that, there's hymas in your life. If you're a girl, it should be a high ma. I don't know, a girl, alright? Men minister to men, women minister to, to women. Let's clarify that, right? So, but there's going to be people in your life that are not going to see it. Yeah. And it's your job to help them see it. Because you're, you're persistent. You're not giving up on them. And so there will be seasons in your life that you will not be understood. And and so it may take you some time to help them get there where they finally see it. And so uh, on the seventh time, the servant goes out there, and he sees a small little cloud the size of a hand coming out of, and that's in verse 44, out of, out of the sea. Now, I'm not, you know, if it was me and I just saw a little cloud, I'd be like, oh, uh, a little, man. <laughs> it, it, So what if I go back and I tell, you know, I tell Elijah that I see a cloud and it's really not a cloud. Yeah, come on, look at the size of your hand, man. You see a little cloud just, I mean, that's like, that's faith, man. You're taking it by faith. So he runs over and he tells Elijah, okay, I see a little cloud about the size of a man's hand raising from the sea. Now watch this. The servant finally saw a glimpse of what Elijah was already seeing. So you can see things in the spirit realm. There's some things that God's spoken to you about that in your spirit you know it's going to happen. Or you know they need to be. And other people may not see it. So the servant finally got a glimpse of what Elijah already had in his spirit. He already knew what was happening. And I almost feel like Elijah was like, finally, I got somebody believes with me. Come on. So he goes and tells Ahab, and he says, hey, you better, you better get going because the rain's coming. And so <clears throat> here... Um, he tells Ahab, hurry, talent, uh, get in your chariot, get down the mountain, or you'll be stopped by the rain. In 45, and sure enough, the sky was soon black with, with uh, clouds, and heavy winds brought a terrific storm. Ahab left hastily for just real. Now, before we go anywhere, before we go any further, as a reminder, there are seasons in your life that you cannot avoid. You can't avoid, I I, I can't say, you know what, I'm not going to have summer this year. It just doesn't work that way. Seasons, we have to go through them. We have to expect them, adapt to them, and grow from them. That's why you can experience heaven on earth one day. And the very next day, it's almost like you're experiencing hell on earth. (laughs) And then you may be going through hell. Everything's just not working out. To, one, to the other day, you being elevated, you're like, "Oh my lord, everything's just working out for me." There's are there seasons that come. You know, the winters can be too cold. The summers can be too hot and muggy, especially here in Florida. Uh, the, the spring can be so rainy and the allergies and all that stuff. And and, and man, I don't know, the pollen's crazy. I mean, think about all that stuff's going up your nose and your eyes. And every season's going to have something that we don't like. You're, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I wish I could tell you that every, you, know, you come to Jesus and you're never going to have a problem again. I wish I could tell you that. I'm telling you, every season of your life is going to have something that's going to irritate you. Every season. You know, uh, uh, the fall, everything seems to be dying. You know, if you, if you go out of Florida and you see other, other states during the fall, I mean, the trees are just bare. It's like, what happened? Okay? So, you know, I was, doing, I was doing a study on all this, and, and uh, it, it was interesting. I find it very interesting, and we'll get back to this here in a moment, that God chose to use fire in a drought. Huh. Kind of dangerous, huh? All right. Now, obviously, we know that there are uh, negative side effects of a drought. I've lived in California before, and it gets so dry, and and, and you know, on the radio, on the TV, it's like a fire a hazard. I can't remember what they call it, call it. But like high levels of possibility that maybe a fire, a little spark can just you know, destroy a whole mountain. And so <clears throat> whenever there's a drought, you know, there's a water shortage. It impacts the crops, the livestock, the fisheries. Um, it, food prices increase because there's not as much, so you have to pay more for it. Uh, migration. Some indirect uh, side effects is that the nutrition-related effects, mental health effects, vector-borne disease. Basically, that's disease that is carried by mosquitoes, flies, sand flies, lice, fleas, ticks. Okay? Another side effect is airborne and dust diseases. These are viruses, bacteria, and fungi that is carried or transmitted by breathing, talking, coughing, sneezing, raising dust. Toilet flushing, so what it of said, all right. Water-based disease. It'll get better here. I know. I'm just. It's depressing. I'm taking you through a season. No, I'm just kidding. All right. And so injuries, migration, wildfires, healthcare system, and infrastructure impacts. So you're like, yeah, true. Yeah, I get that when there's a drought. But but the other side that we don't really think about, there's actually a positive side of a drought. And I, and I, and I was I was studying this. Um, if you're from Florida, you more than likely know what wet, land, wet lands are. You know, basically, it's, it's a protected piece of land. There's trees, you, water. You can't destroy it. You can't build on it. Um, it's, you know, they'll find you for that. So they were talking about this guy, and he described it. <laughs> I felt really smart after this, but he was talking about all the, you know, the, the leaves, and, and a tree would fall into the wetlands, and all that is is it, working together to cultivate something really good. But because the water stays stagnant, it doesn't have oxygen. It actually begins to work against itself. And and they're saying, they described how it's important for wetlands to experience drought. Because what happens is the oxygen gets into the ground. The ground begins to harden. And then when the waters come back, that wetlands is the healthiest it could ever be. And so I was like, that is so interesting and then I, I, was, I, was, I was looking and I found this conservation park in South Africa and <clears throat> he was saying that a drought is a time of cleansing. He said, the bush can rid, watch this, can rid itself from weaker genes. Hang on. It's important because the stronger gene, uh, is it, so that the stronger genes can survive. And so, they, it's an educational type of park, and you can go there. You can stay there. There's lodging. It's beautiful. And so they get this, ask this question a lot, and we're going to put that up on the screen. Somebody, you know, the people ask him, are stronger genes really that important? It's a question to which I unequal, how do you say that? That one. All right. Answer, yes. Yes, it's important. Stronger genes, watch this, mean healthier animals that are more resistant to drought and disease, animals that can give their offspring the greatest chance of survival, not only for the, for the elements, but from other predators as well. So what I'm here to tell you is that you going through your storm and you going through your, through your drought, you are giving your offspring the greatest chances of survival. I'm telling you, the enemy will throw things at you, but God will squeeze gold out of it. And so you protect your offsprings from the elements and from predators as well by you going through the storm. There's a, see, 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 the way God made you and I, he made us different. I'm telling you, you're, you are more than a conqueror is what the Bible says. You are part of God's family. You are his child, and you're chosen. So he wired us different. See, it's not about you. It's about your people. Because when you find your people, you find your purpose. You know, you, you go out, as a family, you go out to eat and, and, and you say, well, Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? And you have that argument, it's stressful, you know, and it never leads to anything good, never, ever. But, but, you know, as an adult, I would figure the adult should get to the point where, okay, it's not about what I want anymore, what's best for the group. It's not about what I want no more. What's going to make it the best for the group so there isn't tension, there isn't stress? And see, what happens is when we go through life, it, 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 unless we're taught, we are looking at it through our own lenses. What? what I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not being called enough. I'm not doing... No, no, we're looking... No. But when you make it about your people, it changes everything. It changes everything. And so... It's like any storm, any drought, any attack or any problem that you go through, God is there holding your hand through every, every time, every, every challenge that you may have ever have. So how does fire make sense in a drought? How does it make sense? Because it's very dangerous. Yes, it is. Fire is dangerous. You could ask my mom. My brother set a whole little mountain on fire. And just being honest. Remember that? Yeah, my, my brother was, he was playing with matches doing this. And then he would turn the fire. The fire I'm standing there with him, so I was an accomplice. And he would do this, and then we let the fire go, and then we step on it. Well, we got out of hand, and we, we took off running, man. Fire departments, everything, helicopters, they had to put the, I know, it's dangerous, but it's under the blood. We're forgiven. So you can't judge me. You can't judge me. He probably done worse. So, all right. So we, we, you know, you know what fire, see, fire to you and I, it actually purifies us. It actually makes you and I stronger. It actually sets you and I free in the middle of your drought, in the middle of your problem. The way God designed you is that the best comes out of you in the drought. And that you're gonna go through seasons. You gotta expect them, you gotta adapt to them, but you gotta grow. But you gotta grow. And so fire is described. uh, that as God's presence and manifestation at the burning bush with, with Moses and Exodus. In 1 Thessalonians, the second coming is described as a blazing fire. Exodus 24, 17, it says, In the sight of the Israelites, the appearance of the glory and brilliance of the Lord was like consuming fire on the top top. Of the mountain, I just burped. It's okay. It's all good. I ain't scared. I ain't scared. What? you Come at me. <laughs> Got something to say? You want to go outside? No. <laughs> it's fire coming out of me. It's, it's roaring thunder. I ain't scared. I ain't scared. I've done worse. I preached a whole sermon with my zipper down one time. All right, talking about the fire of the Lord and trying to go somewhere, and I, <laughs> it's because I feel at home. I feel at home. You guys are my family. All right, <laughs> Leviticus nine. Let's get spiritual again, people. Leviticus nine twenty three. It says, and Moses and Aaron went into the tent of the meeting, and when they came out, they blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. And watch this, 24. And the fire came out from before the Lord. And cons- now what, does this sound familiar? And consumed the burnt offering in pieces of the fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. See, a fire is very dangerous in a drought. If you light, light a field up in drought, that thing's going to ignite, that thing's going to just go crazy. But see, God can take your drought, your emptiness, when you don't feel like you don't have it anymore, that you don't have any more gas in the tank, and that you're negative and everything's just not working. That is a perfect time for the fire of God to light you up, man, to put a demand on the gifts that are inside of you. That is the time that God will refine you and set you free. John the Baptist, he said, look, I I, I baptize with water, but this is someone coming later. I can't even wear his sandals, but he's going to come baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire. And it tells us in Acts chapter 2 that that, that tongues of fire. A new language. See, we're different. God's depositing fire inside of you right now. I'm telling you. God is moving, strong, changing things over your life. See, God supercharged Elijah, just came out of a drought. He's spending time with with the Lord. He sees that the clouds coming, and then all of a sudden, God supercharged Elijah, that he actually outran Ahab's chariot. Look at verse 46 in Kings 18. And the Lord gave special strength to Elijah so that he was able to run ahead of Ahab's chariot to the entrance of the city. Think about it. Dude, That you're just running the chariot. All of a sudden, shoom, the guy just runs, man. Come on. Something's on him. I'm telling you, God will put something on you that will cause you to be supercharged when you shouldn't be. So God will give you special strength right in the middle of your problems. See, here's the thing. Is, these are seasons. You got to expect them. You got to adapt to them. And you got to grow. Shifting To another season, sometimes it's just unexpected. But if we know that there's going to be a season coming, then when it happens, you're like, okay, well, this is part of the the process. This is what happens. So watch this. So in in 1 Kings chapter 19, the story continues in verse 1. Ahab told Jezebel, which is his wife, okay? She's a crazy girl. But anyways, (laughs) Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. See, Elijah had ordered all these false, false prophets, or we could say he had ordered all these false voices to their death with a sword. And when you look at the word sword in the Bible, it, it actually, the word, uh, the word of God is described as a sword. Hebrews chapter 4, 12, Ephesians 6, 17, Revelations 1, 16. The word of God is like a sword. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what kind of season you may find yourself in, it's the word of God that is your sword that you can stand on and knock out all the negative voices, anything, any strongholds, anything the enemy is trying to oppress you with, it's through the word of God that you're going to find your victory. So you have to learn how to fight. Say, I got to learn how to fight. Fighting is not this. I have trouble and I go, hey, Gene, come help me. What if Gene's not around? I need to know how to fight. I'm not talking about physically fighting. I'm talking about spiritually fighting and standing up for your rights. You have to learn how to do it. You have to learn how to do it. And so in in verse 2, she sent this message to Elijah. You killed my prophets. And now I swear by God that I'm going to kill you by this time tomorrow night. And it says in verse 3 that he fled for his life and left his servant there. Fear, anxiety, and depression will actually cause you to abandon your people and your ministry. And that's what Elijah did. See, your ministry will be paused until you come back. And I'm telling you right now that some of you are going to make a comeback you're going to get back to what God's called you to do. Amen. Some of you have been hiding out in the wilderness, so you've been attacked too much lately, but you're going to make a comeback. You're going to fulfill everything God's called you to do. I'm telling you, everything. Say everything. everything. Say it with me. Say, I am. I am. No, no, that's, that's wrong. Sorry. I will, I will. Fulfill, everything fulfill everything God's called me to do. Me to do. That's, you believe that? Yeah. You believe that. All right, so now watch this. Elijah, let, let, let's, let's put this for, to fast forward here. Sometimes, the most, sometimes you're the most vulnerable after big wins. Many times you're the most vulnerable after a big win. And that's what happened to Elijah, so we have to expect them, to adapt and grow from them. <clears throat> so we have to recognize, now watch verse 4. And when he went out, when he went alone, notice that, don't do life alone, don't do life alone, I'm telling you, it's not good. Into the wilderness, he sat down under a broom brush, and he prayed that he may die. He prayed that he may die. You know, no one really talks about Elijah being suicidal, but he was suicidal. This is a man of God that that raised a kid from the dead, that made miracles, that stopped the earth from receiving rain, he became suicidal. Do you know that you're going to go through seasons? And I know every single one of you, the enemy has to try to throw that thought. You know, you're not even important anymore. Yeah, nobody, nobody would miss you. See, these are seasons that you're going to go through, but you don't have to stay there. And these seasons can seem to be longer for others, and maybe you you get to the place, because when when you start knowing who you are in Christ and using the word, you can shorten these seasons in your life. But I don't care how spiritual and how powerful you are, you're going to have moments where you just lost all courage. This is what happened to this man of God. Evil thoughts can be powerfully convincing and exhausting. So he says, the verse continues to say, I, I've had enough. He told the Lord, just, just take my life, God. I, I've, I've got to die sometimes, but i just want to just be now. He's talking to God. Let me tell you this. Let me ask you this. Aren't you glad that God hasn't answered every one of your crazy prayers Let's be honest. How many of you ever had a a dumb prayer? Come on now. Right? I've had them. God's like, whatever. You know, it's like. But see, what happens is God never called you to a small journey. He didn't. He called you to a big journey, a big vision with big purpose. And so the journey is actually bigger than you. Your purpose is bigger than you. You can't do it alone. And this is what was happening to Elijah. This is the guy that just made all that happen. Didn't he think about saying, hey, God, just about acting crazy again, can you take care of that for me? He didn't even think about praying for that situation. He just ran in fear. I'm going to tell you, you're going to run You're going to go through seasons in your life where you're going to be so discouraged. I wish I could tell you that life is going to be cupcakes, although they are really good. But I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that. Because the truth of the matter is that times are tough. But what I'm here to tell you is that you are more than a conqueror, and you're not going to stay in a bad season. You're going to come through on the other side. And so he it, it says in verse 5, and, and then he lay down and he slapped beneath the broom brush. And see, uh, uh, and so now watch this in the middle of your desert, okay, God will provide you with covering in the middle of your desert, and you don't even know. The, I, and I, I looked up these broom trees and brushes and all that. Basically, These are trees that are alive and healthy in the middle of a desert where where nothing else lives. And the reason being is because the desert does have water, but it's just really deep down in the ground. And these trees have learned how to grow their roots so far down that they've tapped into the water. And this broom tree provided shade for Elijah when he was in the wilderness. When he was going through his difficult time of, the, uh, of depression, anxiety, fear, suicidal thoughts. This tree out in the middle of the desert provided him with some covering. And I'm here to tell you that some of you are called to be broom trees. Some of you are called, some of us are called to be these trees out in the middle of the wilderness. And so uh, the, the scripture go, goes on to say, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him to get up and eat. Get up and eat. An angel told him to get up and eat. I don't know if I would be so nice. I don't know. I'd maybe kick him or something. Like, bro, seriously? You're embarrassing us, man. Right? But an angel came here. God knew. You know that word Angel. When you look it up, it it could have been a prophet, it could have been an angel, a prophet, a priest, a teacher, an ambassador, a messenger. You're a messenger for somebody. I'm telling you, uh, you know, Will talked about the the homeless individuals. I I know many of you have worked with homeless people, you've fed them, and you have conversations with them. A lot of them, I I, I know something, that were CEOs of big corporations, Doctors and writers and and movie writers and all this stuff, there is so much talent there. They're going through a wilderness. And God's called us to rescue these people, to be a broom tree, to cover them, to go there, be sent by God and speak the right word and say, eat. Here's the food. You're feeding them. You're bringing them nutrition. And the verse goes on in 6. It says, and he looked around. And he saw bread baking on hot stones. How cool is that out in the middle of the desert? It's a little buffet line. And a jar of water. So he ate and he drank. Watch this, but he lay down again. So the angel of the Lord came again. So you can't give up on people and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more. Watch this. He didn't say, And you're going to be all right. No, he said, For there is a long journey ahead of you. There is a long journey. But if you eat what I'm giving you, if you eat the word of God and you don't detach yourself from God, God's going to give you the strength for your long journey. And in verse 8, he says, so he got up and he ate and he drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel for 40 days and 40 nights to the the mountain of God. Isn't it interesting that Elijah, on his own strength, could only walk for a day until he got so exhausted that he had to lay down under a tree. But by eating the word of God or the, the nutrition that God gave him, he had enough energy to walk for 40 days and 40 nights. God is calling you God is calling us, God is calling CFC to be the broom trees, to be the messengers to Tampa Bay. I don't want to just have a cute church. I want to see sinners up in here, man. I, I want to see the lost coming in here. There are seasons in your life that you're going to go through that you just want, you just want to stop. But I'm telling you, when when you're done fighting for yourself, we're going to fight for you. That person sitting next to you is going to fight for you. We're going to pray for you. we got team people that pray throughout the week. You are being covered in prayer, and you don't even know it. Me and my kids, when I take them to school, we pray for you guys every single morning. We declare the blessings of God. Every single morning, we're praying for you. My kids, my tail's back in the back. He prays for you guys every single day our job is to help people take one step closer to Christ close your eyes for a minute now some of you may be going through some drought and you're wondering why is this happening to me that's the wrong question that's not even a question that you should be asking see because during this drought during this difficult time God is making you better I'm here to tell you that things are not going to get easier. You're just going to get a lot stronger. You're going to get a lot stronger that you're going to be able to walk through every season that is thrown your way. Because that's the way God designed you. God sees things that you don't even see. God knows who to place you around. He knows who your people are, what, who is your tribe. And some of you have been doing life alone, and, and that's not a good place to be. Sometimes the biggest challenge is learning how to trust. And I can tell you that I personally know this, by experience, that I've been hurt before as well. But it doesn't give me a right to isolate myself and not let anybody in. I'm not telling you that you got to let everybody know all your business. No, 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 that's not wise. But what I am telling you is that God has your people your people so that you can get connected to them because you're not going to be able to make it through. Elijah took off on his own and he went into the desert by himself. It was his own decision but the love of God chased him down and God's chasing you down right now and he's telling you you're going to come through this. You're going to come out victorious. You're going to come out stronger Right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, I just pray that you just overwhelm everyone that's here today. I don't have to try to prove you. You do a really good job all by yourself. And so, Father, we just accept everything that you have for us. You are the potter, and we are the clay. So today, we just are excited about our one-year anniversary and the new location. But, God, I pray that you deposit even a stronger burden for the loss. Every single one of us are called. Our job is to help people take one step closer to Christ. So I'm appealing to you today. We need all hands on deck. I need you to find your place. It's not about me. It's not about my wife. It's about the mission that God's given us. And you have a big part to play in this ministry. We get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Service doesn't start at 10. It actually starts when setup starts. Even before that because you got the the prayer team praying. So, Father, I just pray for everyone here. I pray that you stir up the giftings that are inside of them. We don't have positions to fill. We have positions to put a demand on the gift that is inside of them. You are worthy of being in ministry. I don't know who that's for, but I just came out of my spirit. I said that. You are worthy of being in ministry. Because somebody already paid the price for you to be worthy. It's not based on you. It's based on God. Thank you, Jesus. So if you're here today and you've been disconnected from God, or maybe you've just never been connected to God and you would like to. We want to make sure that every service we give an opportunity for those that want to get connected to God. And so if you're here this morning and with uh, heads bowed and eyes closed, if you wouldn't mind, I want to give you an opportunity. If you say, you know, I'm here, I, I don't feel connected, I-, I want to get restored with God. Or you say, I've never really served God before. But you want to do that, I want you to just quickly raise your hand at the count of three. One, two three just raise your hand right there where you're at if you're here and you say yeah I just want to get close to God I want to get close to God Amen. everybody pray this with me say Lord I give you my life I surrender I want to follow you I want your plans to be my plans I want your purpose to be my purpose. I give you my life, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Can we give God some praise?